today's guest, Bianca Gracia, and she's with Latinas for Trump. And the underlying current here, ladies and gentlemen, is this stereotype super encouraged, very much encouraged by the mainstream media, particularly the McAllen Monitor in Hidalgo County and neighboring counties. County, excuse me. That newspaper is particularly egregious in its constant stereotyping that if you're of Latino descent, if you're of Mexican descent, Central American descent, whatever it might be, Latin American in general, you must be an open borders, far left Democrat. You must be against Trump. Otherwise, you're betraying your your clan, you might say. You're betraying your own people. That is constantly shoved down the throats of the news consumers in the Rio Grande Valley and greater Texas. So Jason and I are co-hosting today and welcoming Bianca on the show. How's it going, Bianca? It's going great. Well, thank you so much for inviting me and for um, having me come on and definitely talk with your guests about um, what we're really doing and what we're really all about. And, of course, to help debunk that message that the mainstream media seems to portray out there and specifically in a region like uh, South Texas. And so it may be of great surprise, but this is not our first time in South Texas. We've actually done many other events down there, and I specifically myself work with Hispanic evangelicals and have been for three three years now, as well as um, we just were down in McAllen uh, during, I believe, Memorial Day, um, we actually went and did a community service project where we went and fed our Border Patrol agents. It was their 95th uh, birthday anniversary, and we actually had our Senator Donna Campbell of Texas, uh, Congressman, U.S. Congressman Chip Roy, and our U.S. Congressman Louis Gomer draw up some um, proclamations wishing the Border Patrol agents uh, a very happy 95th birthday. So we actually got a cooking team together. We cooked a uh, briskets there was 60 briskets and we went and fed over 250 border patrol agents as you know there are 70 percent uh hispanic um that make up the border patrol or the agency so it was extremely important for us to also recognize them support them and encourage them that there are people out here that do support them and stand with them during this um you know, administration and the things that they've had to deal with at the border, but more so with the mainstream media beating that they've gotten. So it was very successful, and that's not the only one. We went out to Laredo September 11th and fed over 250 Border Patrol agents there, and we are on our way to El Paso November 23rd. So it's not the first time that we um, have done anything in the South region. So I thank you so much for bringing attention to this. No problem. RBN is based in Round Rock, so this is Texas-wide and even nationwide and heard throughout the world. Um, real briefly, um, uh, please, Bianca, describe your, your position with Latinas for Trump. And, and you've been to the White House, you were telling me, off the air several times. Just give us a little snippet of that background. Absolutely. So I am the current president of Latinas for Trump, the political organization. We are the only organization that is um, filed with a Secretary of State, and we're in existence. Uh, we also have a PAC, Latinos for the President, and so we are uh, fully organized 
uh, with a full board, a board of advisors, Lieutenant Colonel West serves as one of our advisors. We have wonderful advisors. Um, but, yes, I have been to the White House. I've uh, attended the Hispanic Heritage Month three years in a row now. This past year, I was able to shake the president's hand, and he thanked me relentlessly for the hard work that we are doing. He does take notice um, in all of the work that we have been doing, grassroots, of, of course, um, knowing that that's why his approval rating is up to 50 points, and I really believe it's actually higher than that. I think the mainstream media just doesn't want to tell the truth. Um, and But we have been relentlessly on the ground since 2016, of course, educating our communities and uh, doing everything that we can uh, because, as you know, the, the mainstream media painted him as this horrible monster who was going to deport every single Hispanic, brown-colored person in this whole United States. And so we've been labeled as white supremacists, as racist, white nationalists, <laughs> you name it. They, they tell us Latinos for Trump is, is just such that. So um, what my concentration is, personally, I, I work with a lot of Hispanic evangelicals uh, throughout this, the uh, state of Texas, as well as in North Carolina, Florida, and California. And so what we have done is we figured if we, um, you know, the president has been extremely open with all faith leaders, um, you know, just it does not matter what religion they are or what practice they have, but faith leaders across the nation, he has really taken on um, being welcoming into the White House. And so my job has always been, and I've always helped the public liaison office at the White House gather uh, groups of pastors and faith leaders taking them into the White House for briefings so that they can actually hear from the department heads of whether it's Secretary of, the, of Labor, whether it's the uh, Department of Treasury, whether it's um, the DOJ, whether it's, um, you know, wow. the actual, whatever other department. I mean, he's, there's nine departments, and there's faith liaisons. See, Trump established faith liaisons in every single federal depart, uh, uh, department, which is there's nine of them. So what we do is we go and we have briefings with these pastors, and our Hispanic evangelicals can now become more equipped and more educated on everything that our administration is doing for this country and specifically to protect their religious liberties. He's, he's been a champion for that. He's defunded Planned Parenthood. They've taken notice of it. This is why our numbers are increasing with Hispanics. We have the lowest unemployment in, in history right now. We have the highest, uh, r the rising numbers of small businesses opening up under this administration have been female Hispanics, and they are debt-free. And so the, the administration is taking notice as in how impactful um, we are as a Hispanic community and the things that he's been able to do for us by deregulating and cutting taxes that obviously helps us, um, you know, prosper and become uh, more better leaders and, and better providers in our communities. So those are the things that we do. Uh, the pastors have been, they're, they're our leaders in the community, so they are able to go tell people in their congregations, they're able to tell their neighbors, they're able to tell other pastors within their influence um, with the information that they bring back from the White House and the briefings. They're able to come and say, hey, we heard it straight from the horse's mouth. We know exactly what's going on. We have the materials. We have the resources. They're connecting us. 
We, they, we have conference calls. The White House puts on conference calls. They get these pastors on the conference calls. They let them know exactly what's going on, if something's coming about. And so it's the best way to get around the mainstream media who is not going to tell the American people exactly what is going on and what the policies that this president is championing. Um, and so that is what the best thing that I think that we have done, and that's why we're having a great num- uh, increase in support. Um, and Latinos for Trump, you know, we, are, we have faith leaders that are, that are involved with us, and we also have another, you know, I have, an, I have another organization as well that particularly works with the faith leaders. And so, but we, we kind of multitask in, into our organizations, and our main goal is to make sure that our communities are educated and informed with what the reality of what's really going on with this administration and what this president is doing for our communities. That is let our me, main goal. Yeah, let me interject there, Bianca, and bring Jason on board. Uh, he being a faith leader uh, among them in McAllen, Texas, and and the surrounding area, you know, it, it strikes me what you're saying, Bianca and Jason. You can chime in here. All of these department heads, the nine department heads, the the faith liaisons, and all of this faith based stuff going on. Does this appear at all in the mass media cartel, aka mainstream media, or is it just completely censored? Uh, what do you think, Jason? What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, no, they don't talk anything about it. If they're, I mean, really, they want to take God out of everything. As, as certainly the media that we can see, and definitely the left, they want. And you know, that's what it has a lot to do with you know self righteousness in their life, and that's why they speak about morals. But it has nothing to do with God, and they want to remove that whole element. That's why there's this fight going on. But the only thing that's going to turn America back around is the fear of God coming back into this nation. And it's so yeah. great to see a president and President Trump embrace faith and embrace the faith leaders. It's such an important part because this whole idea of separation of church and state is a myth. The only separation should be the government getting out of the church's business, but the church should be very involved in the realm of government. So, And the media Absolutely. hides that fact, doesn't want that to be known um and so but just like my wife my wife is hispanic her family is from mexico her dad was born in mexico city her great her grandfather from oaxaca they're they're i mean came to this country um legally um, as they immigrated here and um and is actually like you're saying bianca just as you mentioned i mean my father-in-law he has his own business he started and uh um, actually was influenced by a great man um, that we all know by the name of Paul Harvey. When he was doing yeah. yard work in the suburbs of Illinois, Paul Harvey invited him in to have a Fanta, and he tells the story of how he began to influence him and to speak to him and encourage him and really get him thinking about what he wanted to do as a career. And my father-in-law has been in media ever since. He owns newspapers, a couple of publications, and so but totally loves and supports Trump, as well as my wife. My wife and I pastor a church. We had been away from, Bianca, we had been away from the valley in Texas. We actually traveled 16 states of America preaching the gospel, uh, ministering in churches, helping churches to reach the inner cities and their communities. We, We do a lot of inner city work. And so we were training, equipping, became, uh, then actually we're on staff, 
of a large international ministry that actually is very well connected with Paula White. Uh, mm-hmm. by the, my pastor's name is Rodney Howard Brown, Dr. Rodney I, Howard I Brown. I know him. I know That's him personally. My... I actually I actually met him here in Houston. I actually text and, and message him quite often. Um, yes. Actually, he did tell me about your church. I had lunch with him. And uh, and he said, you know, I've got a, a pastor down in McAllen, and I had not heard of you yet. I've been doing a lot of work with the Hispanic evangelicals down there. And I said, yeah. I haven't heard of him. So we've been trying to bring, you know, he's he's working on that 300 churches before so 2020 is, I mean, before 2019 is over. And so right. he, I, I want to bring him into your region with some of the other Hispanics. I said, we've got, these Hispanics are already causing revival. Because I told him, I said, you know, the only reason I even started to work with pastors, I was a Catholic. I was. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, until until Trump got elected and then, boy, did God start doing work with me. But God specifically spoke to me um, and, and specifically told me I was to hold pastors accountable. And I didn't yeah. know what that meant because I was I only had a priest. And so I went to my priest and I said, you know, um, you got to help me with this. I, I know I heard the Lord's voice. And he said, you you know, uh, he said, you are to be a light in the dark, you are to rise an army, and you're to hold the pastors accountable. Those are the only three directives I got. And I said, okay, well, I thought that was simple. I said, oh, I could be a light in the dark. Okay, that's not, you know, I didn't know what that really, really meant. Oh, okay, you know, well, I can rise an army. And I thought, well, I'm, you know, and Latinos for Trump, we're an army. But, but I didn't know exactly what that meant. And so it's been, it's been an amazing journey with what the Holy Spirit has done. And so, you know, he led me. The Lord is the one that opened the door for the pastors. And, and I had I had to go through a vetting process with pastors. And pastors don't let anybody in, more more so a woman, you know, that doesn't even know the Bible. I mean, I couldn't even quote scripture for crying out loud. loud. But I was being used. And, and so I was I started working with pastors. They, they, as they began, I said, look, I, I don't need y'all to, to validate anything. I mean, just go pray about it. Please, somebody tell me I'm crazy. That's what I asked pastors to do. Somebody please tell me I didn't really hear a voice. Um, nobody talked to me. And, and I would, I would be so happy and go about my business. But the pastors, after they prayed, they said, we have to help you. And I said, oh, no. Well, then it's true. I did hear God's voice. And so I've been working with these pastors for, for a while now. And I told them, I said, look, the, the Lord's been speaking to me more. And I know that you know, uh, as goes Texas, goes the nation. He's told me that. And he's told me that, you know, we um, we had to, you know, do things to keep God in Texas. And uh, there were certain things. Revival was coming out of Texas. I mean, there was a lot of things he was telling me, and I was speaking. And the pastor said, we know. He's been telling us the same thing. It's amazing with what God has done. So I talked to Pastor Rotner, uh, uh, Howard Brown about this, and he was just ecstatic. I mean, he was just ecstatic. So I'm excited because I want to bring him into, you know, five churches at least in the whole region of Hispanic evangelicals and just release more more of a Holy uh, Ghost anointing, as he calls it, more, you know, more... Uh, he always says wine let's give us some fresh wine so you know holy spirit and so I, i'm very familiar with him and you can give him my name he knows me um paula white is someone i talked to i actually you know when I, my first visit to the white house i actually stood next to paula white it was a hispanic you know heritage month i was standing next to her and didn't even know who she was i had no idea who she was and she was watching me with this little angelic face and she just smiled because I was bawling. I was crying as they were singing um We Believe in the Holy Spirit here in the in the White House. This is this is a yeah. song they opened up with. 
to to uh, you know have President Trump come and address the Hispanics that were in the room. And she was, I, I was just like looking around going, does anybody know what's going on? I mean, the Holy Spirit's in the White House. Does anybody even pay attention? I mean, I was lo- running around. I was like just ecstatic, crying. And Paula White kept looking at me. Well, I had no idea who she was. And afterwards, one of the girls said, oh, my gosh, Paula White's here. And I said, who's Paula White? They said, the evangelical. She's President Trump's, uh, you know, um, spiritual advisor. And I said, yeah, spiritual advisor. And I said, wait, what? And, and I said, who is she? And so they showed her to me, and I said, oh, my gosh, she was sitting next to me. So yeah. I just couldn't believe just how the Lord has put me in place with people that I really, you know, it, it's an honor, and it's a privilege to work around these people and, and who are used by, by the Lord in so many big ways. So it, it's, that is why, you know, I'm very active now, and I make sure that our Hispanics, in, in specifically in very blue, blue, blue areas, okay, where they're the unforgotten. They think, oh, well, we don't, we don't go into that area. The GOP's mentality is we don't go into those areas because they're blue. There's no point. Um, you know, and I'm like, well, why wouldn't we? The, the, the Democrats are in our red area. Why would we not go into their area? Do you think that Hispanics are not conservative? We're about faith, family, and freedom. And right. so that is that is what we fight for. I call our Latinos for Trump the freedom fighters. We are freedom fighters who believe in faith and family. And so that is so I'm very familiar with him and I'm I'm glad when he when when um I met uh Mark here at the at the, he was there and he was like I can't even believe this is going on. And when he said River Church it, it I said River Church I've heard that and I said oh my god Pastor Rodney and so, um, so it, it was just, it, isn't it, this is, this is what's amazing. This is how God works. This is how God works, is, is he puts people together. I have no idea what I'm doing half of the time, but he leads me, and that's where I go. I'm like, okay, wherever you put me, this is what I do. And my job, again, is, to, is educating and spreading awareness into our Hispanic community so that they know exactly what's going on, what we're up against, and, and how to equip themselves with knowledge. So that they know if it's a prayer group, you got to know what we're fighting. You got to know what we're fighting on a spiritual realm. You got to you got to know how to pray about it. You got to know how to pray with it, against it, for it. You've got to equip yourself, and that is what my message is all the time. And patriots, if they're not all you know biblical people, my patriots are the ones that are on the ground just fighting Antifa or fighting the left progressive people. You know whether they're memeing people, whether they're spreading their own message, putting marches together. Uh, rallies together, you know, whatever they do on their end, it's, it's amazing what God is doing with our Hispanic, uh, you know, uh, just our ethnic group. And, and we are going to be the change. And I have been told that by many, many people that have said, you know, the change is coming from the Hispanics. And I am seeing yeah. it. And it is an honor to be at the forefront and for the Lord to be using me in such a, a, a miraculous way is what I call it. You know, a little old house mom. I mean, I was a housewife for 10 years. I'm an educated woman, but I was a housewife raising my kids. I homeschool my kids. And so for the Lord to take me out of my house, and after Trump won, he gave me the state of Texas, and I became the Hispanic Engagement Director for the Republican Party of Texas, never doing any kind of political work at all. But but God put me there to give me a title, to give me a platform, to get me in communication with pastors. And that is exactly where he led me. So it's been an amazing journey, 
and and I love everything and I that our president is doing, and I love that he's a fighter, and I think that is also another reason why Hispanics really gravitate to him is because you know if, if you know our our culture, we are fighters. We're we're we've always been fighters. And, and I don't mean just on the street. I mean, we fight. We fight for everything we believe in. We fight to put milk on the table. You know, we will, we, we do what it takes to get through day by day. And so we believe in, you know, we love boxing. We love, you know, wrestling. So I call our president, I always say this to our Hispanic communities, I call him a luchador. Because when he gets hit by the, by the left or he gets hit by the mainstream media, he pops right back up and he gives 10 jabs right back and he gives them harder than what they gave it to him and that's what Hispanics that is why we gravitate to him because we know he's fighting for us that's why I think our even our pastors now that go into the White House they hear what they have to say they come out and they said I, 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 I'm just they're in awe they're in awe of the information that's coming out and with the, the, the knowledge that they come out and they're ready to work ten times harder um, registering voters, educating their own, their own, you know, regions. That's what it's taking. It's just, that is how God is working. And I'm just honored to be part of it. Yeah, it is indeed very providential that now these, uh, these connections have been made between Mr. Brown, Jason, and yourself and Bianca. And now that, that'll lead to a lot more activity and very productive activity at that. Yeah, Mark, you know, We've met uh, several different times, Mark and myself, is w with the governor, with Greg Abbott, Bianca. And my wife yes. and I actually had a private meeting with uh, Governor Abbott, and we uh, he knew that we were pastors. We met both him and his wife privately, and they were so, I think, overwhelmed just because of the support from pastors which is very important, I believe, in the political realm, is that pastors need to get involved at every level, no matter what it is. If it's your mayor, if it's your commissioner, the, the county judge, and we call it uh, from every level, from the dog catcher all the way to the White House. And one of the things, Bianca, that was so powerful is what he said, is he said, pray for me. I, I mean, he, he, uh, he just really continued to, to emphasize that with us, that we would continue to pray for him because he says the attacks that is happening, it's not attacks just against a city or a state. It is attacks mm -hmm. against the church and mm -hmm. faith. And that's what, and he, so we prayed with him and we've met with him different times, but I believe what you're saying, Bianca, is right on. I believe that God is going to use the Hispanic community in such a powerful way because one thing, like you said, the Hispanics are fighters. They are passionate, and that passion mm -hmm. will come out. And when God gets a hold of them, that's why it's going to be the power of God that comes upon them, the anointing that comes upon them, and I believe they're going to be used. You see, we have to remember history, and Mark, uh, you could even go into this a little bit too, but Bianca, if you have ever heard of a person by the name, she's a wicked woman, her name is Margaret Sanger. She started... Planned yes. Parenthood yes. and she established yes. abortion. She actually used and influenced pastors, especially yes. black pastors in inner cities. So can you imagine? That's the problem is you could see these cultures, these different cultures being influenced. And we're always, um, you know, 
there was this maybe I don't necessarily call it a stigma, but there was around it where if you were of a certain culture, you were going to be a liberal or a Democrat. You know, you would be supportive of the Democratic Party. And people's right. eyes, I believe, are being opened to see, just like you said, that's where you got to educate people, where they get the truth. It is a battle mm-hmm. of truth over the lie. It's just what like happened in the Garden of Eden it, with mm-hmm. Adam and Eve. It was a fight over truth. And the moment they believed the lie, Satan was able to come in and take dominion over them and strip them. Yeah of that so you you know and it's about control and manipulation so it, we have to enlighten the, the every single person no matter what culture but you could see it in certain cultures where they've been controlled and manipulated by a certain party and i believe that well, is going to change well what the wicked has done and and i and i and it's really sad to say that you know uh, it's almost like I don't even want to throw a huge blanket over the democrat party but that is what they are i mean i'm i'm, I'm i you know i don't want to condemn people but i'm just saying that's what they have become but that's but right. the wickedness that's coming out of their party with abortion with late-term abortion with afterbirth abortion uh, it's it, it's gone to a point where you know when i first started this whole um movement mission everything that we were working on you know pastors the first thing that hispanic pastors would tell me is the immigration problem yeah. Oh, but I have people in my church, and they're illegal, and da 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 da. And you know what? What I said to them, I said, "Look, I may not know a lot about anything. I really don't. I'm a Catholic. We don't really study the Bible a whole lot. But I've been in the Bible now. I've been learning. I didn't know what God was building me up to do. I really didn't. I, I had no clue what the Lord was going to use me for. I had no clue. But this is what I told my people, and I've been telling them this." We got about now. one minute before the break, Bianca. Yep. There's a break coming I just up. Told just let you know said, it's coming. Yep. Okay. I said, listen. For one second, the Democrat Party has held the immigration like a carrot over your head, promising you that they're going to deliver some kind of reform, some kind of something to you, and they've done nothing. That that's Satan who has used that against you. Because at the same time that you think immigration is important, babies have been murdered in mothers' wombs. You have blood on your hands. So I suggest you start thinking that, that before anything, you need to start voting righteously and worry that God will take care of the immigration problem. Right. Right. Yeah, well put. The, the abortion industry is the ongoing criminal racket of, of all of history. At any rate, we'll be right back with more after these brief messages. Tired of being lied to by mass media? It's growing more and more apparent today that news is received less and less through standard media outlets. Even with a growing audience every day, RBN is beginning to direct more efforts into social media. Social media and the use of the Internet is fast becoming the primary source of people for news, regardless of demographic. RBN has set out to provide some of the best news on the Internet through republicbroadcasting.org and also has begun to use the tools to our advantage by way of social media. Republic Broadcasting is now operating a Facebook page to function as yet another avenue to have our collective voice reach new audiences across not only America, but across the globe as well. The Facebook page features not only news, but also an RBN player to listen to our broadcast. Get involved by visiting Facebook.com slash Republic Broadcasting and liking our page and share it with your friends and family, because you can handle the truth. Your host, Mark Anderson. Today's show is in coordination with World Impact News, and that includes my partner, of course, for Win, and that's Pastor Jason Mangum of the River Church. We are co-hosts today, and our guest is uh, Bianca Gracia, 
and she heads up. Now, let me get this straight, Bianca. Is it Latinas for Trump or Latinos for Trump? Quick fact check. Latinos for Trump. Latino, I, right. I, I was saying it both ways, Latinos for Trump. Let's just get that straight right out of the starting gate. Um, before I forget, how do people find out more about your organization and get involved? So they can visit our website at latinosfortrump.us. Um, when they go on there, there is a links for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so they can follow us on there as well. And, of course, they can personally follow me at Bianca Gracia on Facebook as well on my uh, public page. And Gracia is G-R-A-C-I-A. C-I-A, yes, correct. Right, right. Okay, I wanted to get all that straight. So that's latinosfortrump.us. Yes, Very correct. good, very good. You know, when I first got to the Valley, just reflecting briefly, um, when my wife Angie and I got married in 07, and I started spending more time down here, I noticed that on the one hand, it, it's a very heavily populated, strongly Christian, predominantly Catholic area, and quite conservative overall, especially in terms of social issues. And yet I noticed that the media and the academic establishment were completely the other way philosophically. Uh, like like visitors from another planet, I read the McAllen Monitor, I went to a graduation at what used to be called Pan Am, and the president of Pan Am at the time, a Mr. Nelson, I think his name was, was you know singing the hosannas of a homosexual group on campus and how great that was. And here he's sitting in front of an audience of conservative Christians predominantly. And I thought, what gall he had to make that such a dominant part of a graduation in front of students and parents that paid a lot of money to get that diploma. Mm -hmm. And from there, I decided to look more closely. And I, I noticed that the McAllen Monitor, not just the McAllen Monitor, of course, that's part of a lexicon of newspapers, the Brownsville Herald, the Valley Morning Star out of Harlingen, these are all owned by one company. And the mm-hmm. more I looked at it, I thought, the Valley is not maybe the citadel of conservatism, but it certainly was leaning that way. And yet all these media outlets were so far to the left and oftentimes internationalist in scope, kind of a globalist, internationalist, left-wing blend. And I thought, why is, why is it so incongruent and constantly, you know, Every every illegal immigrant was born equal. They're they're all innocent. There couldn't possibly be any criminal elements there. They're they're all just as pure as the driven snow. We have no reason to have border security. Let's have more abortions, not less. We got to keep every abortion clinic open unconditionally. And and I thought, why this incongruence? Do you have any insight into that, Bianca? It, it's amazing how far out of touch the academic and media establishments are in the Valley with the people? Well, I think that it has a lot to do with the fact that the Democrats have done a very good job of, you know, infiltrating our academia. Um, The left progressive, I guess, it's not really like the Democrats, but the left progressive have put out professors uh, this has been an ongoing thing since the 60s. Um, they figured that if they got to the education, they would. Um, their philosophy was if you took control of the youth, 
you would eventually turn them, you know, as they got older, you would now have created someone who could push out your agenda. Um, and I think that these, uh, you know, universities are, that's what they're doing is they're breeding people who believe they're not being taught um, both sides. They're being taught just one side. They're being taught exactly what they want them. They're just putting out this information. So I think it's uh, it, there's a de- deception uh being put up on our on our families and our communities and you're exactly right there's a lot of money that gets put into these universities um and and we've got a lot of issues look they're they're also i mean look these public universities are funding uh illegals and they're giving them free education when uh you know our own born hispanic children don't get anything um they get you know big old fat bill at the end of their uh, you know, uh, you know, year or semester, and they have to pay their, you know, their bill to go to school, um, to just push out, you know, and be taught not our true history. You know, that's the one thing I think I hear from Hispanics down in the South region is that our his our our, our Hispanic uh, culture and the history and how what what our whole culture has been through from revolution to wars and from between Mexico, Texas, the whole thing, just all of the history that is underlying here in the United States and in Texas, they don't get taught that in schools anymore. They don't really know that Hispanics were one of the first to become Medal of Honor winners um, who fought in major battles. And so those states, our, our kids don't know that. They don't know that. They're only being taught what the left, progressive left wants them to know. And, uh, they, they teach them more of a, of a socialist, uh, culture. You know, uh, they teach them to feel sorry for people. Uh, they enable them instead of empower them. And so I think that the other reason that they're so out of touch is because no one pays attention to them. The thing is that, you know, when I first went in to talk to pastors in that region, the pastor said, please don't forget about us. And I said, I won't forget about y'all. And they said, no, really. I mean, no one ever comes to visit us. No one ever comes to talk to us. You know, I mean, we'll see politicians every once in a while when they're looking for our votes. That's about it. You know, the governor will come down here every seldom, you know, when he needs something. But for the most part, no one really comes to visit us. No one pays attention. And I said, well, I won't abandon you. And I never did. I have been continuously going down there. And like I said, I mean, if I don't take them to the White House, I take the White House to them. Um, so many people don't know, but through the background uh, or the back end, um, I did a lot of the preparation um, for our president to visit that region. Um, so by a, a man by the name of Pastor Romero Pena, who serves on uh, the uh, advisory faith advisory board uh, for the president during the 2016 election, um, and has done a lot of a lot of work, and I work very closely with him. But I told the pastor, and I said, Pastor, you know, I've been working with these pastors, and we've got to give attention to them. So what I did is I took Pastor Ramiro Pena and I put together some roundtables. Um, we visited, uh, you know, put a roundtable together of businessmen in the area, businessmen and women in the area, in the Rio Grande. We put a roundtable together with the Hispanic evangelicals, and then we put a roundtable together with our Border Patrol agents. 
And I said, Pastor, you're going to come in here and you're going to hear what their issues are, what they're, what they, you know, just hear their, their concerns. Um, give them a, give them an ear, you know, tell them, show them some love. So we did. And so Pastor Ramiro Pena said, this region is in need. And I said, yes, they are. And, and this is a little bit before the whole, uh, migration really got out of hand. And so, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so we did that. We, we went in preparation. Pastor Romero Pena wrote his, um, you know, kind of, he took notes and he went back to the White House and he said, you need to debrief the president. And he said, this is a, this is a region that cannot be ignored. And he said, well, but I was told not to go down there because, mm, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll kill me or something. You know, they don't, they don't like me down there. They won't, they won't welcome me and they really hate me and it's just full of Democrats. And he said, I can guarantee you I've been down there right now and, uh, you know, have had conversations with business leaders. And he told them exactly what we did. And he said, these are their concerns. This is how they feel. This is what they need help with. This is what they need. You know, this is what they want. They just need a little love and attention. But they're with you. And so about a month or two later, we get the, the news that the, that the president was going to visit McAllen. And... I, I don't know if y'all were down there, but um, yes. at the time, but yeah, there was thousands of people that lined the street. And this is in a region that supposedly nobody cared about him. I'm going to have Jason interject right there. Jason and I yes. were there in, in January of this year. That's right. When he came down yes. for the first time mm-hmm. to address the immigration uh, problem, and he met with different heads of the Border Patrol and Homeland mm-hmm. Security. And, it'll and, it'll and, be a year ago this coming January. That's right. Yes. It'll be a year ago. Yeah, we actually hung out with Gerardo Rivera, if you remember that, and you kind of interviewed him a little bit. But, yes, the street, which was South 10th, actually, South 10th Street, right there by McCreary Aviation, was had so many people that were Trump supporters and rallying for him. I mean, obviously, you had the other side. Um, but it's a lot of misinformation. They're just misinformed. But there was a mm-hmm. tremendous amount of support for President Trump. And uh, and I think that's a lot of what's happening, though, is just misinformation. Well, you could also mm-hmm. tell that a lot, of, not all, but a lot, a good part of the anti-Trump people were bussed in from more distant areas. Yeah, I mean, some were, but many weren't. And whereas on the other side, having been here over 10 years, I, I recognized a lot of people, and I could tell they were predominantly from the four-county area that we define as the Rio Grande Valley. Um, mm-hmm. Very few, you know, probably some, uh, because Trump doesn't come to Texas itself that much, let alone South Texas. But, yeah, it was there was a lot of electricity in the air, a lot of controversy, but the amount of Trump support was more than I thought it would be, and I expected, you know, rather significant support for Trump, and it surpassed my expectations. I'm not sure about you, Jason. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the thing is you could even go to the New York Times putting on with with your sign, Bianca, Latinos for Trump, and saying mm-hmm. most Latinos don't back Trump, which is incorrect. It's, again, it's this media circus that's out there. Uh, by the way, Mark and I are writing a book called Media Malpractice that'll be out talking about uh, the, the problems and the ills in the mainstream media. But that's the problem is it's, you know, it's headlining on every every newspaper, every just think about the propaganda machine that's out there to, to you know, and that's the problem is they tell this lie enough times people then unfortunately begin to believe it. And 
that's what you're doing, Bianca. That's such an admirable thing. Uh, just like I say, and I believe this, I just want to say this to you, Bianca, is if you just imagine one woman full of the devil getting prayer taken out of school, one woman full of the devil getting abortion to become legal, imagine what one woman full of the Holy Ghost can do, Bianca. So you have to continue to to do what God has called you to do. And I encourage you, imagine just one woman full of the power of God, full of the Holy Ghost, full of the love Amen. of God on a mission. And I believe that's what has to be raised up. And you have to see that coming together in the body of Christ. And so that's a wonderful yes. thing. Yes. What's happening uh, with with unity in the body of Christ. Some of the things that, um, you know, maybe we can talk, you know, afterwards too. whatever we can do to help. You know, God mm-hmm. called us back here to mm-hmm. South Texas. My wife and I are born and raised. I'm born and raised. I'm several generations. Um here, my great grandfather was a judge and actually one of the founders of McAllen. And so, wow. we were born and raised in this area, but we have been away as missionaries to America, working in inner mm-hmm. cities. And then uh, we were on staff. That's how I'm close with uh, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, um, mm-hmm. and he's my pastor. But we were on staff. Both of my wife and I worked for him. And then God called us back here to start the church. And I think we were number. 14, I think 13 or 14 of the 300 cities. So we had just started the church and he said, I'm coming. So he had been down here in the valley. But what we're trying to do is kind of bring, like what you're saying, Bianca, bring bring the body of Christ together to reach the mm-hmm. community and to see God touch people's lives. We do a lot of inner city work. But um, one of the things, too, is very important. I just want to mention this is to get that business element connected with the faith element. We started something called Kingdom Business Fellowship, raising up business people. And but in the area of faith. And so I believe that that's going to be something that's going to be really important. I inspired some of our Hispanic evangelicals that I've been working with down there. And I said, you got to start, you know, number one, you got to learn English. you got to start learning the policies. you got to learn, you know, and everything. Like you said, me as you know, I used to say, well, I'm really a nobody, but then somebody corrected me and said, no, you're the child of the highest king. You are the daughter of the highest king is who you are. You're, you may be a nobody or feel like a nobody, but you are the child of the highest king. So now I'm like, this one child of the highest king has inspired these pastors, and now they've, they've gone in, and I, I don't want to call it an infiltration, but they've They've done exactly what I told them to do. Get yourself involved. Start to exactly. know government because you've got to take over. You gotta start establishing the kingdom of God on this earth, on earth as it is in heaven. And so I told him, I was like, you know, and that's what they've been doing. So it is amazing. We do have to work together. And Pastor Ronnie had told me about you. And, and it's so, it's just, that's so crazy. I just messaged him and I said, you're never going to believe who I'm on the phone with. He says to send his love. Um, he's just an amazing, an amazing person. I would love to get him down here. Um, and I know we're working on that. Pastor Brock is trying to see his his schedule to try to get him. And and my region, he says, do you think people will come? I said, what are you talking about? Of course they're going to come. We're going to get these, we're going to get these Hispanic pastors. You're going to fill them up with more Holy Spirit and they're going to go on fire. That's what we're going to do. You're going to, you're going to ignite the whole valley because they are the front line. It's what I've told the pastors in the Rio Grande Valley. There is something special about y'all. I don't know. I visited with so many pastors 
across the state of Texas, but the Rio Grande Hispanic Evangelicals, they're special. And I know it's because they're the front line right there on Texas. They are the front line. As goes Texas, goes the nation. If they lead the fire and they start doing what they need to do at that, that end of Texas, then it'll spread like wildfire. And it and it's just amazing. Um, I held my first prayer breakfast here in Pasadena, Texas for our mayor. Um, our mayor was, was, uh, our current mayor right now, Jeff Wagner, uh, became a city council. He'd come and introduced himself, hadn't never been in office. When I heard his voice, at this time I wasn't as, uh, in tune with the Lord as I, as I think I am now, but I ran uh, in the parking lot because there was just something about his voice, and I and I was going to go invite him somewhere. And instead, what came out of my mouth is, "You're going to be the next mayor of Pasadena. You need to run for mayor." And he said, he just looked at me like I just won council. I don't know what you're talking about. He really thought I was a crazy lady. Six months later, he comes and tells me he's been praying, and the Lord told him, put it in his heart that he had got to run for mayor. So he ran against seven people was the underdog, not expected to win. I said, no, the Lord says you're going to win 60%. He won in a runoff by 58%. He was he is a Christian man who was put in that position, and I told him from the very get-go, and he will tell you that he will tell you himself, God put me here. He was put there to raise the government, you know, to raise this city. There is something here where in, in our city. You, you know, that's interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll just note that I have long wrestled with that. We got about uh, oh, maybe seven minutes until the show ends. Here, there'll be some final uh, music going out. You'll hear it coming in. Okay. I have often wrestled with that. That that even at the local government level, things are corrupt, ungodly, unconstitutional, and we, you know, we always hope that maybe we can't control the big behemoth, the federal government, the state government can be a tough one, but we at least like to think we have control over who gets into local office. And it's nice to hear what you're saying, Bianca, because it sounds like the tide is finally starting to turn. I like what you said about on earth as it is in heaven. That's the kingship of Christ doctrine, which actually is well known in traditional Catholic circles by uh, Dennis Fahey, the the great uh, Irish priest. And also in Protestant circles, we, we hear about this idea, the kingship of Christ is now, that, that God is to... Uh, be sovereign over this earth in this life in this world as well as the next a harmony or symphony of the terrestrial and celestial worlds and mm-hmm. this is what's needed i don't believe the the earth or this society belongs to satan i think it only does if we let him have it and i'm not about mm-hmm. to let him have it and what jason right. was saying we got to we got to do margaret sanger in reverse uh if, if someone like that can be ungodly and do something like that even putting the first abortuaries in, in minority neighborhoods for her racist doctrines. If somebody mm-hmm. can do that the wrong way, if we put our heads together, we can do it the right way. The kingship of Christ on earth as it, in, as it is in heaven, right here, right now. Mm-hmm. Correct. That's, it. That's what we're working on. And I believe this is, this is how, I know we were supposed to talk about the conference, but this is just so important that I have to make sure your, your listeners hear this. As how this all has come together, I meet another pastor in Laredo, and his, the Lord just, he's been a pastor for 20 years, and the Lord just started speaking to him about 10, 11 months ago, and the Lord told him his mission and his, his anointing and assignment was to keep God in Texas. That's great. That, yeah, the conference, we could just say, you know, was held at the Isla Grande, and you obviously discussed similar themes. You had guest speakers, yes. including Juanita Broderick, which is one of the yes. 
women that Bill Clinton allegedly raped. I'll use the word allegedly yeah. to be fair, but um, uh, and that's a very interesting guest that you had. Um, you had um, uh, I want to what was his name, Mister Ho? I don't remember his first name. Gene Ho. The, the, Gene Ho. Mm-hmm. He yes. was Trump's personal photographer during 2016, um, and and he came and gave his testimonial about what he saw behind the scenes. He traveled with Mister Trump. Um, he he definitely got to see him in action with um, behind. I mean, obviously behind in every VIP room, every green room, every everywhere that that the president was, you know, in. That's he was there photo- photographing all the every memory, and so he and, got and, to see a very different side of him. Yeah, what I'll note is I listened to Gene Ho. Thank you for the name there. Uh, talking to another media personality on the side at the hotel after your conference was officially over on Saturday, and he said that he saw in Mr. Trump, in unguarded moments, un- unscripted moments, a very honest, Christian, considerate, mm-hmm. kind, um, high-integrity person. Uh, I, I just listened to him tell another p- media personality this. This is what he told them, and this must be what he told your audience. He did, he did, and, and it was important because I had 16 uh, faith leaders in the room because I just, you know, some of them have been to the White House and some of them hadn't, and so it's it's good to hear from another perspective. You know, it just validates what they've been hearing, and so it was extremely important. But I do want to just say this, what happened in my city is the first um, prayer breakfast yep. I held. We, we um, about two and, minutes, and I, huh? Yeah, I brought some pastors together, and my personal pastor now, Rosie uh, Rosie Diaz, is um, she. She says she prayed to the Lord and said, "Why, you know, is this is this conference so important in Pasadena? What is it about Pasadena? Why are you making this child? This woman of God. Why is she led to do this in Pasadena?" Well, she started. The Lord started telling her, "Go here, go there, research this." And she says, "Bianca, is it true that Pasadena Deer Park is the birthplace of Texas?" And I said, "Yes, it is." And she said, oh, my goodness. So the day of the prayer breakfast, as we came together, there was a huge storm. I thought no one was going to show up. I was, I was, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is not going to happen. Um, I got business leaders to sponsor it to make sure breakfast was provided, and I had these pastors come and speak. And so, no, I had 150 pastors show up in the middle of a storm. They drove from all over Fantastic. Texas to come to this. Thank you, Bianca Gracia, for being on the show. Here comes the Telltale Music. Any final quick comments, Jason? No, this is great. Um, always a pleasure, Mark, as we're doing this. Make sure that uh, every all the listeners get our podcast, World Impact News podcast on two different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And check us out on YouTube, World Impact News. This show will be aired there as well. Yes, and Anchor as well. We go on 10 different podcast platforms plus YouTube. And again, latinosfortrump.us, latinosfortrump.us. Thank you, everybody. 